type on the slide and get on my sweaty face, and we're set. As a podcast listener, that's what I prefer. I don't All want right. too much fluff, but I want to be lost either. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back, everyone. Another episode of HW. Got some hot topics to talk about. Tomorrow's Bobby Bonilla Day. This is Jim here, as always, with Jack and Kyle. What's up, guys? Jim, you sound uh, a little depressed over there, pal. <laughs> I, didn't, I really didn't want to do the intro tonight. I didn't want to do it. In Jim's uh, defense, he really didn't want to do the intro, but what would the world be like without Jim doing the intro? So, I mean, come on. You ever just not – I just wasn't feeling it. But it's done. It's out of the way now. We're off and running. Well, hey, I'll give you one thing. You were not feeling it. Me and Kyle did not step up to the plate, and you were right. So <laughs> so that's what you guys get today. You get my shitty opening. Thanks for listening. It's our fault. It's our fault. We, so we're uh, back. <laughs> and we actually have hockey to talk about for, I feel like, the first time in a while. Like, legit hockey stuff. Right? As legit as you can get at this point, I guess. Yeah. You know what's crazy, though? You know what today is? It's the 30th of uh, Ju- uh, June, right? So we would be ramping up for free agent signing tomorrow. We would be get totally ready. Not that we make any moves, but that's that's like the number one thing to talk about in the summer, and we got nothing. All right, so right off the top here, we got a would-you-rather question. Uh-oh. Would you rather the rest of the season be canceled and start on time you know, in a in a perfect scenario in October, free agency starts tomorrow, or would you rather things go as is? You know, we kind of do this thing where we're being roped along. Season's going to start in August, and and who knows what the fuck's going to happen after that. In scenario A, are full like stadiums allowed to be packed to capacity? Yeah. Then I would take that one for sure. So you just nix the whatever this tournament's going to be. Yeah. All right. I mean, am I looking forward to it? Of course. But if I could bite the bullet and just go back to regular, I would. Because we could do this and still be dealing with shit for all of next year, too. Like, who the hell knows? Okay. Kyle. I'm (laughs) at odds, dude. Like, I want to watch hockey, so I don't even care anymore. Just somebody show me some hockey. I want to play hockey. Can't do that. I want to go to the bar. Can't fucking do that either. I want to watch hockey. Can't do that. Like, somebody just give me something. All right, well, we could do that for you. We're going to pod. We're going to talk hockey, I think. I don't know. I think I feel like we're basically in July. Tomorrow's July 1st. July, August, September. We're there. Like, we're past everything. Just give me free agency now. And this is going to sound so shitty because... You know, we're in, what, phase two, phase three for the players, whatever. That they got to get to phase four. Like, we're almost there as far as when they're going to start to actually play games. And I'm kind of like, you know what? Just scrap this shit. Because if they, if they started free agency, we would have something to talk about. We'd have something to be interested in. We would have free agency. And then you give them the month off, August, September, they're ramping up for training camp. You know? Yeah. I mean... We would be talking about who we re-signed and possible trades. Like, that's not that crazy. We'd be talking about Ghost a lot. That We would have just been talking about the draft. Like, we yeah. would have had a lot. To talk. We would have been in the thick of the offseason. Like, the, the 
playoffs of the offseason, essentially, we would have tons to talk about. Not to mention, we'd be talking about a, probably a pretty lengthy Flyers playoff run. I'll tell you what, it's going to make for some crazy content if they do go through with this whole tournament. And then right after, it's going to be a rushed offseason, and then we're back to training camp. That's true, wow. too. I'm just I'm just so worried about, oh, this guy got sick, so shut it all down. This guy got sick, shut it all down, send him home, get out of here. This guy's deciding, like in the MLB, you've already had multiple players decide to opt out for the season. Like, could that happen to potentially next year? Or could people opt out of this uh, comeback tournament? Like, that's that could be a thing, you know? I mean, I don't see it. I have no reason to believe it. But what would we do if all of a sudden it's just like, and Konechny has decided to opt out of the of the 24-man playoff or whatever, team playoff. Like, that would suck. That would really suck. We'd really start to water down what we have. And it'd be, and then really you have to ask yourself, is it really worth it? I mean, honestly, seeing everything that's coming out, I don't know if you you guys seen this morning an, an additional 26 players tested positive for COVID. I cannot see how this is going to move forward because this isn't going to get any better. Like, I just don't see how they do it in a manner that allows it to be safe and everybody feels safe and nobody has it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if 26 people have it and they've been under pretty, like, strict protocols now... There's no way it's not going to somehow sneak into the building full of fucking NHL players. Like, I just don't see how they're going to keep control of it. And I don't see how this is going to move forward. I I agree. Uh, It's going to be really interesting. And when cases start happening, I'm really curious to see what they do and how they handle it. Obviously, the big name, if if nobody knows, uh, Austin Matthews tested positive for COVID. So you're losing money now, too. Like, more money than they were already bleeding if Austin Matthews can't play or can't train or can't participate in any fashion. Yeah. I mean, you're in uncharted waters here with all this, so what what the hell's going to happen? It is crazy because we've we've come this far. Things have been shut down since March. You know, once we hit the second week of July, that's been pretty much four months of this stuff. And you'd think, oh, yeah, after four months, like, let's go. Like, we need hockey. But I know hindsight is kind of twenty twenty. But if they would have just scrapped stuff in June, they could have picked out the draft order. That could have been set. They could have potentially have done the draft. You know, now these prospects know where they're going to be playing hockey next season. Uh, free agencies tomorrow, that can be done. These guys, there's no uncertainty now with their contracts. They know where they're going to be playing next season. Give them off July. Maybe even start to see, I mean, again, it has to be like the perfect scenario depending on what happens with COVID, whatever. Season starts in October. They're off August, get ramped up September, and we're almost back to normal or, or as close to normal as possible. You know, now... They do these playoffs in August, and I thought they were going to be kind of in July, like towards the end of July. It's going to – the playoffs are going to finish in September, right? So, so. Oc- October and maybe November off, they start back up in November? I don't know. It's, Probably it's, late November if that. I mean, I really, I'm really not sure, but I don't I'm know. Sure, 
I'm sure come and, November when they're like, oh, yeah, insane back-to-backs and nonstop hockey, we're going to be like, oh, this is the life. But right now it's kind of <laughs> like, I don't know about this. This is like maybe they fucked up here. Yeah. <laughs> on, and then on top of that, you got to deal with, like, say you made it to the Stanley Cup and lost. Now you have to deal with bouncing back from that very quickly. Not to mention the ungodly amount of playoff injuries you're going to take. These guys haven't played hockey for months and then are going to be thrown into playoff physical hockey. Like, that's going to cause injuries. I don't really know what you guys think about that. But there's no way if you haven't played hockey for months and then you get thrown in the playoff series, you're going to be okay. Like, you're, you're going to get hurt. You get hurt normally in regular playoffs. There's not going to be any fans. So, like, if you're a player, and the reason you're amped up for the playoffs, not only because you're playing for the Stanley Cup, but you're playing in front of that, you know, and we know in Philly, you're playing in front of that crazy Philly crowd. Like, everybody's amped up for the playoffs. How can you get amped up for a playoff game with no fans? I don't know if I could. I don't know. I don't know either. It's definitely weird times. I know. Well, I can't really speak for them, but, I mean, like, I get amped up for beer league games there ain't nobody watching us so i can only imagine that these guys would be semi-excited to still play hockey yeah i mean they haven't played in a long time i mean i remember playing nobody watched us you know just men's league but i remember going to like a playoff game and people showed up not a lot like 10 but being even for those 10 people like oh shit we got some little crowd here like uh, (laughs) here we go I'm just lucky enough to get my kid to show up and bang on the glass for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's very morbid. I'm going to put up a quick poll here. Should the NHL scrap the 2020, whatever it's called? What are we calling this? A tournament playoffs? I feel like you're going to get some hate. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I like it. So I can send some hate. Yeah, I feel like you're going to get some hate first week, Kyle. You piece of shit. <laughs> you're, you're ready, huh? Mm-hmm. You got your message already typed in. You bald asshole. <laughs> uh, so that kind of leads me into our Why don't you grow our, next, <laughs> our next topic here. Uh, the draft lottery. Oh, yeah, that went down, didn't it? Yeah. And so the order... Only eight spots were determined that night because they still have to do these stupid fucking play-in games. <laughs> and I think, I don't know, can can something like this be done on purpose where the first overall pick is not given out so that everyone watches the draft? Because once that overall pick goes, who the fuck gives a shit what's going to happen uh, you know, in the second part or the third part of the draft? You know, We would care because we want to see where the Flyers pick. But, you know, everyone wants to see where Lafreniere goes. And to not have that first slot determined, it's like, well, let's tune in for the next one, right? What are you guys thoughts on what happened? I mean, mean, definitely. But let's get something out of the way real quick. So the scenario that did unfold based on the rules that I'm reading, it was was the second likeliest scenario. Which is horseshit. And I was going to bring that come back around to that because it's kind of like we first got the rules but you you, we also got these rules with a lot of other stuff we got the 24 man 
uh, team layout tournament. So it was kind of like thrown in there. It almost felt like a when sometimes bills get passed and these other weird laws that are attached to it that you don't pay attention to until it comes back around and screws you over. That's kind of what this feels like. And it's just like, it was, and the only reason it was the second likeliest scenario is because the Ottawa Senators have two first round picks. So at 13.5 and 11.5 odds, that puts them at what? 25% chance of getting the first overall pick. The, no, that their highest percentage chance would be 13%. No, well, they have because a second two, pick. Yeah, but it's two different picks. But the odds that one of those picks would be picked gives them higher odds. I know, higher I know, odds, yeah, but I wouldn't go. I, I don't wouldn't know if it's a perfect, the odds. I don't know if it's 25% exactly. Maybe it is. I'm really not sure. But I'm, my point is, if there was another team that didn't have two first-round picks in the top, what, seven picks, then this would have been the most likely scenario. Because it's between 15 – or I'm sorry, 15 – um, like eight eight teams. It's between eight teams to get this top pick. It's all their odds combined, and that added up would be the most if it wasn't for Ottawa. So Detroit at eighteen point five did not have the best odds, and I'm okay with that. But like, given these playoff teams, the best chance to get the first overall pick, that's a little weird. You know, a lot of fans, like I said, they're not looking at this stuff. They're looking at hockey coming back. So now when this comes around. Yeah, it does feel a little like set up, you know, and it, it was from the get go and nobody really read into it until this happened. And now it blew up naturally. And yeah, it feels like BS. The NBA's fixed the draft before. It's not, I would not be surprised if the NHL did, um, especially when you consider some of the teams that could be eliminated and could add Lafreniere. So I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, I'm going to fucking name names. It's Bullshit. The team's like, any dude. Listen, if you're top three in the division, in your in your division, there's zero reason you should have had a one percent chance at getting a fucking first overall pick. You got teams like fucking Pittsburgh, like Edmonton. Edmonton's number two in their division, number fucking two, and they have a chance at adding a first overall pick. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. I'm just saying, there's you look at Edmonton and Pitt, that there, there is a one in fourth chance, one in four chance that one of those teams gets this player, and that's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely friggin' ridiculous. Feels incredibly rigged because you revive Pittsburgh in their closing window, or you give McDavid even more firepower, and they want to shoot McDavid up into the stratosphere because he's the best player in the league, and they got to market somebody. So it makes you go, it's, it's things that make you go, hmm. And then you hmm. conveniently have Toronto in the mix, who is up against cap fucking hell. Oh, they, could add, a, they could add a freaking generational talent to their already stacked roster of generational fucking talent. That's a nothing. great point. That's a great point because Toronto is the most popular team in Canada. Like they're, they treat the Maple Leafs like we treat the Eagles here. Like it, it is absolutely insane. It might even be worse in up there because that's all they have is hockey. Really, you know, I get they have the Blue Jays and the Raptors. They're a hockey city first by far. We're at the point where Phil Kessel like can't wait to get out of there because he's not that kind of player. And we haven't even talked about some other teams that could potentially. Like, look at these first-round matchups. Montreal sh- could, sh- probably should lose to Pitt, and they're another hockey hub that really is in dire need of a superstar. Like, it's just set up to get these higher-market teams 
more a serious talent, you know, and put him right back up in the mix. We know which ones we're worried about, but it's just he's not coming to Philly. He's not going to Boston or any of those teams. But some of these other teams that kind of have been out of it for a while or their window is closing could suddenly be completely revitalized with a serious talent. And it's just it's so silly. I can see them having a chance. Not this much of a chance. And now that we're seeing it in action, we're realizing how much bullshit it is. And it straight up feels right. And, you know, the one thing that, like, really pisses me off about this entire situation is for all the years we had to deal with the Flyers being bubble-fucking playoff teams, the one year that they're not a bubble playoff team and they're legit contenders, they have zero shot at the number one overall pick. Like, what the fuck, man? It's just, I don't know why they would do it this way. It makes no sense to me. You know, I mean, I, they should have a chance, not this high of a chance. Why is it this high of a chance to get the top pick? I can see a team moving up. I can see instead of the eighth pick, they have the fourth pick or even the third pick. But to have this high of a percentage of the first pick is silly. It's stupid. So, I don't like that teams like Pitt and New York have a shot at the number one pick but i also loved it at the same time that detroit didn't get the first overall pick or not even the top three and it's like you know there's the top three in this draft and then it kind of falls a little bit um i loved it because don't fucking tank like if there's an incentive to not tank let this be it because all you've done and I'm only going to go back a year for Detroit. I know they, they've kind of stunk for a couple years now, but they wasted all their fans' money. They wasted a year of uh, Dylan Larkin and whoever, Anthony Mantha, not that they're you know, world beaters yet, but they wasted a year of, of those guys' careers. You know, It was just nothing. What they win? 17 games? And to do all that and not even be guaranteed the first overall pick I think is foolish and I think they deserve not to get the first pick because because it it bothers me I don't like when there's incentive to suck and well, Jim, can yeah. I can I cut in real quick because sure. there's a point I'm about to burst so um I'm gonna name you a few teams Edmonton Pittsburgh Toronto you know what at Buffalo you know what all those teams have done three of them have come out of it they tanked super hard super hard and they were rewarded. These same teams are pretty much it, the ones in the mix for this first overall pick. Where Detroit made the playoffs for 25 straight years. And it finally is starting to come off because they went for it like every year. They're finally starting to be bad. And it's their chance. Kind of like Philly when we got screwed out of uh, Patrick Kane. And yeah. they get screwed out of the top pick too. So I get what you're saying. But at the same time, when I break it down for you like that, does not does that not feel like some straight bullshit? I mean, I, in my personal opinion, Detroit should have been guaranteed one or two. If okay. you don't get one, you get two. It's that simple. You're the worst team in the league by a fucking long shot. Hey, get the, one or two. <laughs> hey, I don't think they honestly tried to tank. I think they put so much into always making the playoffs and when the retooling happened, they just it just didn't work out for them. Guys got too old. You know, Datsuk decided to go back to Russia. Like shit happens, you know. No, and they had nobody in. Well, like we the proverbial cupboards. They had no cupboards. 
They gave away all their picks trying to win the Stanley Cup every fucking year. Or, or for 25 years. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. For 25 it. fucking years. And they did hit on some guys. You know, Zetterberg was a fifth-round pick. Like, they have hit on some guys later in the drafts, or they moved them to, to constantly win, and just like the Flyers always did. And when it's their turn to need a little help at the top of the draft, they get screwed. <laughs> it's... It's uh, they got the second pick, you know. You know this guy isn't a sure thing. He's pretty close, but he's not a sure thing. But when you break it down, it's just like, hey, man, somehow these other teams, these uh, other market teams that the NHL just loves, are somehow right in the mix again, like they always are. It, it just it never Toronto Toronto tanked. They got Mitch Marner. They got Austin Matthews. Off the, they got Nylander. That's all off the top of my head. Pittsburgh. Crosby, Malkin, Jordan Stahl, Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, these are all players. Like, come on, man. Flyers have one bad year to get JVR. Blackhawks get Patrick Kane. And Blackhawks sucked for, like, five years before that. They got Duncan Keith. They got Jonathan Taze. Like, they, they got plenty. You know, and it's just, I understand there being a lottery, and I thought we were finally getting better with it. And this is just, like, it's just a bad time for it because it doesn't make sense. It's just. Those same teams that are finally coming back around again are suddenly in the mix again. <laughs> it's just stupid. You know, Boston did it the right way, too. Like, they got a lot of their guys in the second round and free agency and what have you. They don't have a chance at it. You know, Blues, they sucked for years. They don't have a chance at it. You know, they never were too bad where they got the first overall pick. It's just, I get what you're saying. I just felt like this example of that is like a kick in the teeth to some of these other teams. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I really did. I really, really did. At least tell me you see where I'm coming from. Yeah, absolutely. I 100%. Uh-huh. I, I know the way that I see it is kind of warped. Like, I just don't have sympathy. Not, not at its core. At its core, you're right. I just think it's an odd year to pull something like this because, yeah. because of what I said, you know. And it, yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot of it is COVID. But uh, it just you can't help but shake your head. You hear this, you're just like, here we, here we go. It's unreal. Like, and it just, like, for me personally, it just doesn't make sense. The the teams that are in the 24 team uh, playoffs should not have had a higher chance <laughs> of getting the first overall pick than the fucking teams. That were terrible, so bad they can't even make 24 team fucking playoffs. They couldn't even make the 16 team per fucking conference. Here's my list. question. Like Here's my question. So I have the percentages, the odds in front of me, right? Like Detroit has 18.5, and then you get down to the teams that would be the eliminated teams, and it says Team A 6%, Team B 5%. It goes all the way down to Team H 1%. So why were all these numbers combined? you know, to give them the second highest percent chance of this happening. They should have a chance, but why is it all combined and then one of them gets this pick? That's what I can't understand. That's what I think is BS. They could have found another way to do it. See? That's all I wanted. (laughs) They could have. Like, hey, these are the only eight teams that aren't in the playoffs. Why don't we just have their own little lottery, you know? Yeah. Instead, it's like, nah, let's fuck one of them still. And that goes yeah. back to what you were originally said. It's to garner viewership and interest. Right. Yeah, because then now a they... top market team though. It, it, and that's it's what we're saying. That's it's what we're saying. Top... 
it's all it's about is getting a top market team, the number one pick. It's not about being right. It's not. It's bullshit. It boils down to bullshit. That's it. It's like, man, how can we fucking get these team teams a player that will put them over the edge in a big market? Oh, we know. You know, it's all conspiracy. They are the ones who started COVID. They're the ones. <laughs> you know Gary who's get started it. COVID. That's what I really. <laughs> Is this a true conspiracy theory, Kyle? <laughs> is this is this something you came up with? Yeah, five seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put this on Twitter. Gary Batman started COVID. All right. I think Montreal gets that first pick. I just have a hunch. They haven't had a star player in a long time. Yeah, Shea Weber, I think, sense. is a star player now. Ooh, and they get the boy from Montreal in Montreal. What a fucking storied story that is. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. And now that's only going to make Cole Caulfield that much better. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot all about that. They would be a they would be a really good pair. Fuck. Yeah, that's how I see it playing out. When of course Flyers fans, when you know this news came out, the first thing everybody says is, "Oh, it's rigged for Pittsburgh." And you know it, it could be, most likely is. Dude, if they get it, if they get it, we are are going to burn down something. It's 100% rigged if, if they get it again. I mean, come on. The, the Kansas is already starting to wave like, hey, you guys are coming. Crosby's almost done. And then some <laughs> shit like this happens, and it, it swells it again. You know what I hate is I heard stuff about, about Pittsburgh potentially getting the first overall pick weeks ago. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's no possible way. So I didn't look anything into it. Then – Apparently now, especially after the uh, seedings were picked, that it's an actual possibility. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, like, there's almost a fire now. And where if there's fire, there's Gary Bettman. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, like, it made me, like, my conspiracy theory wheel started to spin a little bit. I'm like, what the fuck? Does somebody know something and they're fucking around? If the, if the Penguins get the first overall pick in a year where they get eliminated in the, in the play-in round. I don't know, man. If the Flyers don't win the Stanley Cup between this year and next year, I'll be really pissed. That's the only thing that will that will make me happy. Yeah, because it won't matter. Right. Listen, I've always said that the Pittsburgh Penguins are Gary Bettman's little baby. Like, it goes back to where they finished dead last. They got the, I think they got the second overall pick of the draft, and they got Malkin. We had a canceled season. And then they got the first overall pick of the draft. Why was that draft not a complete randomized top through bottom? No season was played. Why would one team get multiple top picks like that? Because Pittsburgh was about to move to fucking Kansas. And they got sure enough got the first pick for a generational talent. If that's not rigged, I don't know what is. And within the year, within the year of getting that first round pick, contracts were signed to dig and build their new fucking stadium. Yeah. There was, like, there was a lot oh, of shit. man, that's that's kind of sketchy that these guys had this contract already ready to fucking build a brand new fucking stadium for these a-holes. They threatened the NHL that they were going to move to Kansas City. They were like, we're going to move. We want a taxpayer-paid stadium, which is already kind of screwed up. you know. So it, it, the NHL held a heavily weighted lottery. After the 04, 05 season that stacked the odds, because it was different back then, heavily in favor of a franchise like Pittsburgh, landing him, and sure enough, they did. 
Everybody should have had an equal shot at that pick after a canceled season. There's no argument at all. None. So let me ask you guys with this number one pick. I gave my answer with Montreal. Let's let's say Pittsburgh wins. Let's say they beat Montreal. Who do you guys see getting the number one overall pick? Well, it depends on who who uh, is eliminated. Wait, yeah. wait, wait! Time out. So, what are you, what are you saying? You're saying Pittsburgh moves on, so they're eliminated from getting the number one pick. Yeah, you it'll mean be like Toronto or, or Edmonton. Yeah, I was, or or Montreal, because th- those are my top three. I looked at some of the other ones. I can't see like them forcing Calgary. I can't see them. I can't see Columbus or the Islanders. Or maybe the Rangers, but they have a lot of talent already, uh, especially Panarin. Uh, but you no, know, those are my top three by far. I would say Toronto. Um, I would even say Montreal before Edmonton, but those would be my top three like that. And sure enough, they're all Canadian teams. And the can- can- when's the last time a Canadian team won the cup? You have to go back to what the Montreal Canadiens in what, 93? Wow. What about, so there was a team you mentioned in there and we talked about them a little bit on the last podcast we did. Columbus. Yes. Don't, <laughs> don't they feel, yeah. doesn't it feel like they need to be gifted a player? After no, what happened to this roster? they did everything to themselves. I know. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is just, unfortunately, their location. <laughs> They're just not a big hockey market. And, you know, it's just, it's not New York. It's not L.A. And, I mean, you know, they were smart to move on from Bob. <laughs> I mean, we found that out. Uh, Panarin hurts. They gave a lot up to get him. He seemed like he was their guy. And he just said, yeah, I want to go to a bigger market. And that sucks. Um, But, I mean, that shit happens, though. I mean, and they also, they did do it to themselves in the sense that they they went for it. They really traded a lot to go for it, which I I don't blame them, you know. Uh, But I wouldn't turn around and hand them the first overall pick either. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, but I guess if, if, alluding to Jack's point, or Jim's point, sorry. That actually does kind of make sense. They do need a player, and if their fan base was catching traction, it would make sense. But, I mean, does Columbus really have a loyal fan base? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure there are fans. I just don't know how big it is. Uh, That being said, though, they have some pieces there they can build around. Yeah, I mean, adding Lafreniere would be fantastic. But Du Bois has looked pretty good. Merz Lickens has looked good. They have potentially one of the best coaches in the NHL, at least for their city. You know, they got yeah, some Wierenski. Wierenski's awesome. I love Wierenski. And Seth Jones, I like even more. To be honest. Like, they have a lot of talent there. They have a good GM. He's not the best, but he's he's pretty good. You know, um, I don't think if the NHL would, if they could rig it, I'm not choosing Columbus because how is that marketable? I don't know. And I used to defend the NHL. People used to ask me, Jack. Do you really think the NHL's not rigged having McDavid go to Edmonton? I'm like, no. Why would they want him to go there? He's barely marketable in Edmonton. He would be much better if he went to Toronto or New York or L.A. or somewhere else. You know, He's why pretty would they marketable have... in Edmonton. I don't you... think it matters no. where fucking Connor McDavid went. That dude's the face of the NHL. Well, that part is undeniable, but they would have made a lot more money with him in a big market city. And well, team... Edmonton is a big market. I Not really. I mean, I they've been, it's a pretty big market, dude. It's not. Now, it might be getting bigger, but it's really not. Nobody ever. Nobody wants to go there. Like first off, they've been horrible since the '80s. They had that one run with Pronger, 
And other than that, they've been a shit show, an absolute shit show. If you, I mean, are they small market? No, but they're not the Rangers. They're not the Bruins, the, the Red Wings. They're not the Flyers. They're not one of those teams. And Dumb question. When, when and where was Drysaddle picked? Third overall. I don't remember the year, though. I just know he's third overall. Had to be like, what, 2016? I feel like it was, I want to say it was like the Ekblad draft or something like that. He was definitely third overall. He was not a number one overall pick. I just cannot remember what draft. Here, I'll, I'll look it up if you guys want to chat. I know the Sabres picked, I think, Reinhardt in front of him. Oh, what a terrible pick. <laughs> <laughs> God, the Sabres are such a dumpster fire. Oh, can we talk about that for a second? It was the one in Philly. So it was the Ekblad draft, 2014. 14. Oh, so he, he went took, first that was Sanheim. That's when we took Sanheim, right? Let's all just be thankful for a minute that we are not the Buffalo Sabres. Could you imagine? Because that yeah, was... fucking city is a goddamn dumpster fire right now. I know. Jim, you were right. It was, uh, well, I was right. They took it as the Ekblad draft, and Sam Reinhart went number two, and Dreisaitl went number three. Fucking crazy, man. Could you imagine how could they be if they had Dreisaitl and fucking Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Jesus. There were some misses in this draft, though. Jake Furtanen's coming around, but, like, Michael Ducole, I haven't yet to see him, really. Sam Bennett's okay at best. Reinhart's not very good. Ducole is Alcohol is serviceable. He's never going to be... Uh... Fifth overall, though. Fifth overall. Yeah. Hayden Flurry has been... Has, has he made it to the NHL yet? I mean, do you guys even know what team he got drafted by? No. The Hurricanes. He's a defenseman. I only know that because I have a friend with the same last name. That's it. William Nylander. Then we get to Ellers and so on and so forth. But like guys like Larkin went 15th. Sandheim went 17th. Uh, Pasternak went 25th. Casper Kapanen went 22nd. Like, uh, Hosang, 28th. Interesting draft. Uh, good call. I don't I, At the end of the day, I just, my point was, I didn't think it was rigged. I really didn't. I thought if they did that, they would have had him go somewhere else. Who, McDavid? Yeah. McDavid, yeah. But this year, this year is fucking rigged, dude. It does. It, and that's <laughs> feels ridiculous. This feels absolutely... Well, also look at it this way. Let's take away from the teams and all that shit. You have every single league canceling their seasons and putting shit on hold. The NBA's having issues coming back all of a sudden. The MLB's had an absolute joke of a setup between them and the players. The NHL has an opportunity here to really shine. If everybody comes back and they start playing and it's playoff hockey and we're loving it, and on top of that, there's these crazy implications that the teams that get eliminated from the first round, have a chance at the first pick, and they're premier cities. Like, you're generating a ridiculous amount of interest at a time where nothing else is happening. And but that you give, an you give those teams incentive to lose in the first round now, though? Like, I don't. if think... I'm Montreal, why am I even trying to beat Pittsburgh at this point? <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I don't think anybody will ever admit that. I, but I, it, it's... <laughs> It, that's a weird one because I to- it makes total sense, especially for a team like Montreal, especially for a team like Montreal. Yeah, like but, why why even show up? Fuck it, dude. Yeah. All my I mean, team win-win. my team doesn't feel comfortable playing under COVID conditions, and nobody's gonna play for Montreal except their AHL team. Well, that's another issue. If guys are opting and out. then if and then if they win, then you know Pittsburgh was like, yeah, fuck it, we're gonna lose, and we're gonna get Lafreniere or whoever the fuck. 
Yeah, it's like that South Park episode where they kept making the kids play baseball. Maybe all were trying to lose because they couldn't stand playing. That's what all these teams in the first round are going to be doing. They're like, we don't want to win. You win. And, yeah, and the prize for losing – you don't want to tank, but the prize for losing in the first round is the top pick of the draft, which is ridiculous. It's a pretty loaded draft. So, like, even though Detroit, we could argue – well, I guess if I'm going to be honest, like they got fucked out of the number one overall pick, right? You're the worst team in the league. You should have the highest chance. There's no way a team like Pittsburgh or New York or any of those teams so high in front of them. There's no way a team that was guaranteed or not guaranteed, but in a playoff spot at the time the league stopped should have a chance to get the pick over Detroit. Especially I- not top three in your division. Right. Just not one of those teams. Maybe Ottawa, maybe LA, maybe one of those teams. Okay, but not one of these teams. That's not, that's absurd. I mean, I, you want to give them a chance, give them a chance, but it better be like five percent or less. They had way too big of a chance. Do I still like that it happened though? Yes, I really well, do. I think that's exactly what the NHL is going for. There's some drama built into it now. It's like, oh, who's going to get it? Well, I agree with you, and that was my point with everything else being shut down and having issues coming back if the NHL does this right. So what is it? So you have a one-in-eight chance of getting the first overall pick? Yeah. After the first round? Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. To be a playoff team. What if you, like, are a much better team and just lose in the first round? So, like, honestly, like Pitt or like Toronto or one of those teams – you're going to get this guy? Like, that's insane. I can see Calgary getting it. Johnny Gaudreau is definitely gone at that point because they can't afford him. They need to add Z. They're getting this guy gifted to him. They're going to get three years of him on an ELC I, it, or just cheap. I mean, it's just insane. Like, I don't know. It's very odd. And it's and part of me, our first reaction is this is bullshit. It's rigged. Another part of me it's like, Jesus, is Gary Bettman that much smarter than I realized? <laughs> like, why else would you do this? does feel rigged, though. does feel Everyone's going to watch it. It's like if it part was, two of the draft. If it was the second or third pick, it doesn't get half as much, you know, viewership. But it's the first pick. And even the casual fan knows the first pick's going to be something. Honestly, though, it should, it should be reorganized after the play-in rounds. Like, in my personal opinion, it should be reorganized after the play-in round. So, like, does anybody know the actual rules? Does every team have the same percentage fucking chance? Yeah. See, that's bullshit. Because if Toronto and Pitt loses, or Edmonton loses in the first round, they should not have the same chance of, say, Montreal, if they lose in the fucking first round. Montreal was not a playoff team. Right? Montreal was not making a regular standard 16-team playoffs. They weren't. So Edmonton should not get the same percentage chance to land the number one overall pick as Montreal or as a, a team that doesn't belong there. Yeah, it says it right here. Once the top three seeds are established, the remaining slots will be assigned to 12 teams that did not draw in inverse order of the point percentage at the time of the season's pause. In this phase, all eight teams will have the same 12.5% odds. So that's already been established. That's bullshit. Yeah, so whoever, I guess we'll just do another one and eight pick out of a hat, and that team, and no one in the NHL won't be out of a hat. Uh, We'll um, be out of a hat all with the same fucking name in it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so if Pittsburgh does win this, if they lose the first round and win this, 
I mean, that is the biggest crock of shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, Jack, Jack, I can see your hair falling out from here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the three amigos, Jack. The three bald amigos. <laughs> Did we cover that enough? We can move on to I our... Think... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that well, I want to say we're all in agreement, but Jim likes the drama, but I don't disagree with that necessarily either. It just feels like bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so here's how I kind of like live my life these days, and I'm going to compare it. I was at the beach on Saturday, and everyone's got did like you, the umbrella. Did, did you wear a mask? Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so everyone's on the beach, right? And they all have their umbrellas plugged in. It's like a nice, perfect day. Somebody's umbrella starts to blow away. And, you know, you'll see somebody grab at it. When I see an umbrella floating away, I kick back. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's see what's going to happen here. Like, I, I'm intrigued. Like, is somebody going to get taken out? Are these people going to be chasing it for a mile? Like, what's going to happen? So, like, that's kind of how this is for me. Like, oh, this is not playing out how it's supposed to happen. I'm intrigued. You know, this is going to be a disaster. I'm excited now. Whereas if it played out how it was, you know, it was expected, it's like, oh, okay, Detroit's got the fucking pick. Cool. What's next? But it is playing out how it was expected. They're doing it exactly how they want to. It's uh, all right. You'll see soon enough, Jimmy. What? When uh, Crosby and Malkin are like, oh, look at our new teammate. Yeah, then you'll see. <laughs> Crosby, Malkin, and Lafreniere. Can you believe it? We were thinking about retiring, but look, we got this guy. Oh, wow. NHL, what a place. All right, now I'm getting upset. All right, let's move on. So we got some uh, some quick hits here. I don't know. We've got to think of a name for these kind of things. Uh, Vorobiev to the KHL. See ya. Bye, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? That's all we – that's all my – Misha Vorobiev. That's all he gets. He gave me two really nice games and a good preseason a year ago, and that's it. Do you remember his first goal? Yes, it was against Colorado. It was a broken play. He was in the right place, right time, and it was the last time I saw him work that hard at the NHL level. Kyle, any last words for Barovia? Bar- <laughs> kind of sounds like good riddance. Man, fuck that dude. dude listen, listen. The guy <laughs> had all the talent. He face. had talent. He straight up had talent. He just could not put it together. And to be honest with you, I feel like he didn't really care. I feel like he just didn't care that much. There was no I – didn't, I didn't see the drive. He just looked too nonchalant or something. Like he was a guy that had to stand out if he got called up, and he didn't. He was invisible. So He had multiple chances to, and, which some players never get, and he just did not – it just felt like he didn't care enough. Like after his first demotion, he was just like, whatever. And it's just like, you know what? We have too talented of a prospect pool for that shit. We got too many names I'd rather see. And at the end of the day, we lose nothing. We lost nothing. I, I feel nothing for this. So he's not going to another team. You know, he's going to the KHL. So it's, it's not even in the same league anymore. So enjoy. Okay. So let's move on to our next guy here. And we might have a little bit more to say. Wyatt Kalanuck, was he did not sign with the flyer. So he is now a free agent thoughts. So this pissed me off royally because 30 fucking one teams passed on you for six 
fucking rounds. <laughs> we gave you a shot. Said, fuck it. We're going to take you. Seventh round pick. We're going to grab you, dude. We're going to see what you got. And when it push came to shove to prove it to the organization, you bitched out. You went somewhere else because you're a pussy. I hate that shit. <laughs> I hate that shit, dude. Why? What the fuck? Oh, I want a better chance at playing. Oh, you can't take fucking adversity? Fuck you. Get out of here. See ya. This is another one I just say we... Again, I don't feel like we lost anything. He, as Kyle said, there were so many players ahead of him with much more potential. Uh, he couldn't handle. He couldn't handle it, really. I mean, does he? Can he skate? Yeah. Does he have a good shot? Yeah. But he needs a lot more than that for him to like really strike me as an NHL player. And on top of that, he was drafted as an overager very, very late, as Kyle said. And it's always an uphill battle to to make it as an overager like that. So, I mean, you got to really buckle down and prove your worth. And I haven't seen that. He's like, I never understood how so many people liked him. Like, I always, his name would come up and I would always confuse him with uh, uh, Wiley. Wiley. I was like, I thought we all liked Wiley. Clown luck, I barely know anything about him. And then I would like read up on him, like, okay, but when was he drifted? How old was he? It's like, okay, I really stock in the cupboard and forget about him like back corner gets lost kind of prospect and so to hear this just made me chuckle it's like okay good luck i'm sure we'll never see you in the nhl and if we do it's a cup of coffee and you're probably like 30 at that point so you know what we have so many more better prospects than him i this means nothing i know i part of the reason i'm so pissed off is because i was really looking forward to seeing him with the phantoms because it would have really fucking solidified that defensive core down there I mean, just to add one more player that has the ability to play some decent, good hockey for the Phantoms would have been cool to see. And the fact that he was just like, no, I'm going to try my luck elsewhere that I have an actual shot at making the roster. Well, like, I got news for you, dude. You're a seventh-round pick. This year, you have zero shot at making an NHL roster. So you actually, just did your fucking time. I actually agree with you 100% on that. Like, that also irks me, too. It's like... You know, you're you were first off, you're he was drafted. We drafted him in the seventh or the sixth. Seventh. Yeah. So you're. It's gonna take a bit for you to get to the NHL. So if you're with the Phantoms, that's the next logical step. You know, and then you need to step up. The fact that he's already crying, he's got to go somewhere else. I agree with you there. Like he, it's not like he was a second round pick who just couldn't make it or anything like that. He was a seventh round pick, and he was like, what, twenty years old, nineteen years old when he got drafted, like. You gotta, you gotta stick it out. You have to do it the workman's way. Most we'll guys drifted then never make it. So I do agree with you on that point. He's gonna end up in Edmonton or Toronto. I can almost guarantee it. And I'll be shocked if we ever hear from him again. Do you yeah, want to no, put a guarantee gonna, on that? I don't think he's gonna uh, make the team this year, but he's gonna end up in Edmonton or Toronto. Yeah, they both need defensive help, and they can spend. What, an ELC on a guy? Yeah, it's just a contract at that point. It really won't be anything. I mean, listen, if I were a team like it was the Flyers and this was back when we had no draft picks, yeah, I I would hope that we would throw them on our AHL team back when we had nothing. You know, why not? What what can you lose? So he'll get picked up. I just don't think anything will ever come of it. Want to make a friendly wager out of this for fun? Sure. What's what's your bet? He'll be – how many – all-star games do you think he's going to make? 
He's going to win eight Norris trophies in a row. <laughs> no, no. So the bet will be that he, he has to sign with Toronto or who was the other team? Edmonton. Toronto or Edmonton. $20 bet. That sounds like it's between you and Kyle. Why? What is your side of the bet? The rest okay. of the league? That's kind of <laughs> I'm out. Gary Bettman? I'm out. I didn't lay down the gauntlet. I didn't that lay down the, the gauntlet. That was you two. I'm just here to make sure that this is played I'm fairly. That bet. This is a house bet if I ever fucking saw one. And you guaranteed it. It's true. You did guarantee it. All right, five dollars. Bet you one nug of weed. Which is illegal, and we don't do. What are you talking about? It's illegal. We're in Jersey. Medicinal, baby. We got licenses, right, Jim? Right. No, we all have bad eyes. We all can't <laughs> see the <12 laughs> podcast. <laughs> all right, deal for one nug of weed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on here. So yeah, Kalanuk, free agent. I was a little bit. I wasn't bummed out because really I could care less, but I could kind of see that coming after they signed Linus uh, Hogberg. Or did it's you a guys... better prospect anyway. So I learned how to say this dude's name in whatever he is, Swedish or Finnish, and it's <laughs> it's Ogby. Doesn't sound like his name Stop. at all. That's like Freddie Galvis for the yeah. Phillies. It's Galvis. You, you ain't getting that bias. Come on. So now when I say Hogberg, every time I say it, I feel like dirty. Like, I mean, no, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> But I, I don't want to say it the other way because no one's going to know who the fuck I'm talking about. Yes, they will. Oh, you mean the, the right way? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say call him Linus. How, you're American. Say it how you say it. <laughs> okay, so... I don't Linus. call my friend... When, when the Phillies got Roy Oswald, I wasn't calling him Wa Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like that one, Kyle? I almost killed Kyle. <laughs> on his keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> is that another player for the uh, yeah. for the roster? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oswald. <laughs> Let me write that down real quick. If anybody's keeping score at home, we uh we made up a team of all the mispronounced names that we've used on the show. <laughs> or just made up shit. <laughs> yeah. Let me just break this up real quick here, so maybe you guys can help me. So, starting left winger on our on our team. We now just filled out the roster, by the way, and the, at least the, the starters. Lanner Tuzinski is starting at left wing. Kyle, why don't you take center for the top line, since that was your guy? I can't even remember. <laughs> is it Mar- Martin? Martin Hook? <laughs> <laughs> and Jack, who do we got playing on the right wing? Uh, I can't remember either. His name's Colby. Oh, uh, Colby Covington. He's actually a UFC fighter. <laughs> Got a tough-ass first line. Yeah. <laughs> Lanner Tuzinski, Martin Hook, and Colby Covington. And in our, our first pairing defense, we have Jim Jellybean, courtesy of yours truly. And we just filled out that other spot with... Oswald. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to fuck up every time because I'm just going to say Roy. And we are the San Jose Stars. Yes. Coached by... Huh? Peter or Elaine Laviolette. <laughs> Elaine Laviolette. Peter Vigneault, he's going to be the assistant coach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who was our goalie again? What was that? I think we still need one. Uh-uh. Jack fucked up Braden Hopi last week. Who the yes, fuck? Yes, I said something. I don't remember. 
Brayden Colby. Colby. a weird letter right in the middle of his name and just threw the whole thing off. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. If you guys are listening and you remember, shoot us a, shoot us a Twitter message so we can fill out our goalie here. God, if somebody pulls that off, I'll be impressed. Man, there are some bad names here. <laughs> in my defense, uh, Roy Oswald is the correct name of a former Phillies pitcher. I just gave him the Canadian swing on his first name. That's all. Wow. Yeah, I used to call Patrick Roy all the time. If they're American, I call him Roy. If they're Canadian, it's Wah. That's all. Because yeah, then it's like, where the, there's no fucking W in Roy. So why are you calling him Wah? Like, I don't know. They're Canadian. No yeah. question. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. If you're Canadian, they gave us Crosby for God's sake. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on a little bit here. So, some uplifting news. I believe it was last week. Kyle, why don't you take that one? Yes. Uh, Oscar Limblom, for the first time since his cancer diagnosis in December, skated with the team. Well, uh, limited. I think it was six players on the ice, um, but did skate with the team. Obviously, uh, Oscar was all smiles. So was the rest of the team. Uh, he looked great out there. I mean, I love seeing him step back out into the ice, and it's awesome to see. How can you not be happy for him? Like, even if hockey doesn't return, that's like the lone gigantic bright spot is Oscar's back on the ice with his team where he wants to be. Not to mention, what balls. He's got cancer. He's out there during covid Playing some hockey with his teammate. God bless him. He's awesome. Yeah. From my perspective, and it may not be a popular one, but I took some balls, if you ask me. That's what I'm saying. And I know they kind of, I know he got like approved and his doctors, you know, checked all the boxes off and whatnot, but I don't know. Like to come out. He's the exact opposite of Nolan Patrick. I'm sorry. (laughs) But yeah, so I'll keep it positive. It was, it was great to see him. You know, doing his thing. Great to see him smiling. Uh, it has to feel good for the team to see to see him doing his thing out there and in, enjoying himself again. You know, he's I, I can't really imagine or touch on what he's what he's been through the last couple of months, but uh, I I would imagine that it's pretty fucking tough. You know, physically and mentally, and to see someone enjoying themselves after going through some shit like that is it's uplifting. It feels good to see. You got you can't help but be happy for him. So. He knows, all smiles. Yeah, you know his teammates got to be feeling pretty good about that. That was awesome to see. How big would that if if Oscar Lindblom can play, let's say next season at some point? Because I, I don't want to put any expectations out there that he could be ready by October. If he's, gotta, he's ready by October, I will buy his away. His home, his alternate jersey. He will be my new favorite player. Like that is ridiculous. Like he's just the freaking man at that point. You say you're gonna get me and Kyle one, or they're all for you. Yes, you guys can choose which one you like the most. Alternate yours. (laughs) All three. (laughs) And then I'll buy the uh, uh, the cancer awareness one for just the show, and we'll just pass it around. Let me write this down. All right, you know what? I'll get it for Junior Kyle. Junior Kyle can have the uh, the cancer awareness one, unless he likes one of the other ones better. But <laughs> they come in sizes. Kyle Junior, by the way, if you didn't know already, is Kyle's son, and he was the uh, the voice that you heard in the beginning and the end of this episode. So shout out to Kyle Junior for the little intro there. Everybody knows Kyle Junior. He's almost as popular as Gritty. <laughs> 
Um, what was I going to say there? So everybody heard that, right? That if Oscar Lindblom comes back by October, Jack's buying everybody jerseys. On the pod, on the pod, not Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure there. Okay. Jack, you're never going to drink again after this episode, I, I'd imagine. I got to save up money, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah. So obviously best case scenario, he starts the season. I'm thinking he's got to build up his strength, build up his body, immune system, blah, 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 all that stuff. He's got to go back. It's, okay, yeah, if everything goes perfectly. Well, the season's not going to start in October, so we'll just make oh, the, the bet. It's got to be game one. Okay. That's true, too. Preseason or regular season? Regular season. Game one. I'll, I'll even extend it to the home opener if we're away. Okay. We're definitely going to be away. We're going to have a West Coast. West Coast. Right, right off the fucking bat. <laughs> if we're not in the West Coast, we'll be in fucking Japan or something. I was going to say, they'll start them in fucking China next year. Fucking yeah, Wuhan. Purpose. Wuhan yeah. Global Series. And the Flyers alive from Mystery Alaska. Yeah. Fucking for real. That's too funny. All right. What do we have next? I think that's pretty much it. We have tomorrow's Bobby Bonilla Day. I know. I mentioned that earlier, and Kyle's like, who the fuck's Bobby Bonilla? Yeah, he signed that contract with the Mets, and I think most of the listeners will know who he is. And I think the Mets ended up cutting him, but they have to pay him a million. What was that? Yeah, essentially, but the deal was uh, the buyout. It was more of a buyout. Oh, this was buyout, buyout. Say, buyout. Sorry, yep. And, Jim, you got to lay down the numbers because I didn't realize it was for as long as it is. So go ahead. Tell me what you texted me earlier because even I'm still blown away. Yes, I knew about this. and I think that started up. He he hasn't played a game for the Mets since 1999. Oh my god! <laughs> and they are paying him at 1.2 million dollars once a year on July 1st until 2035. Yeah, that guy fucking did it right. And people <laughs> and people shit over his Golov. <laughs> so. That's insane. So it, it made me think a little bit. What are some of the worst contracts in Flyers history? And, and Jack, you, do, you did some digging. What kind of names did you find? Because there's obviously oh, some easy ones. There's some, cherry, some cherries hanging out there. There are some easy ones, and I want to talk about it. So um, let's start at the top, have that discussion, and then I'll throw you a couple of nuggets, and you can just kind of chuckle or whatever. So... Uh, the the most it's not my number one, but it is the consensus number one, and I'm willing to admit that. And that is Ilya Brzezgalov. Back in 2011, he signed a nine-year, 51 million dollar contract, which equates to 5.6 million dollars a year. Uh, I'd say about 80 percent of the community, if not more, is um, in agreement that that is by far the worst contract that the Flyers have ever signed in the cap era. Because before that, what does it really matter? Although I do have one bad contract during the non-cap era I would like to bring up. Um, also, we have Andrew McDonald, 2014, six years, $30 million, $5 million per. You knew that was coming. How about Vinny Cavalier, 2013, five years, $22.5 million for 4.5 per. He was at the end of his career there, cut by the team that drafted him. He's a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, and they still cut him, and we still signed him. So how about this one? Chris Gratton, 1997. It was an offer sheet. Five years, $16.5 million, 
3.3 million per. Doesn't sound like a lot. He was the second highest paid player in the league. Only, and this is some trivia for you, can you name me what player made more money that year than Chris Gratton? He's a Hall of Famer. What year was it? It would be 97 and 98. Mario Lemieux? Good guess, but no, he was still out with his illness. So the three players behind Gratton on the list, at number three is Gretzky, number four is Marc Messier, and number five is Pavel Bure. Oh, my God. Number one is it's not Lindros. This guy made $16.45 million, which is a shitload, especially when you consider today's wages. 16 point what million? Pretty much 16 and a half. Just shy this, of 16 and a half. This is for Gratton. No, no. He got 10.15. Uh, it's not. No, Mark Messier didn't play that. No, he, he was on. He was four. Mark Messier was four on the list at six million. So I got a pretty big hint. Is it Lindstrom? Good guess, but no. He really didn't get paid into the early two thousands. That's where I saw his his money hit. <coughs> I'm just throwing hit. out fucking people I knew that were playing at that time that were all. Awesome. Listen, you're probably gonna <laughs> hit it. You're probably gonna hit it by doing that. That's probably the best strategy. If you want a hint, I'll give it to you, and it might give it away, but it's Go up ahead. to you. Give me All right, he's a currently a GM of a team. Garth Snow. <laughs> <laughs> currently, Tim, currently. You know what's weird is somebody answered with Chris Gratton to the I know, Bobby Bonilla. No, they gave it away, those bastards. I saw that while we started. All right, Hang he's on. the GM of the team he played for. What What division? It's in the West. Joe Sackick. Yes. I thought wow. you were going to say C.B. Eiserman, but no, yes. Joe Sackick was the only player to make more money than Chris Gratton. Chris Gratton at this point had oh one 30-goal season, roughly 60-something points. Before that, he's been okay at best. He made more than, like, Mike Madonna and shit? That year, for sure. Mike Madonna's not even on any of these lists. Maybe Mike made some more towards the end, but, I mean, to make that now, because now that year he made that money because of signing bonuses. That's ridiculous. You imagine a player making ten million dollars that you'd have to be like, what did William Nylander make? Like just shy of seven or shy of eight or something? Like it's just ridiculous. It is. And he was terrible. It was it was horrible. We signed him to an offer sheet. So not only on top of paying him that, we had to give up like four first round picks, which we made a side deal to get those picks back. We give up Renberg and Carl Dykehouse only for a year and a half later to trade him back to Tampa for Renberg. <laughs> it was terrible. I love Dykehouse. So some honorable mentions. Just like saying the name. I, know, I, agree with that. <laughs> I actually do agree with that. So here's some honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, let me know what you guys think of this. I got Michael Layton on here, 2010. They signed him to two years, $3.1 million. That's $1.55 per. So he had one of the biggest blunders in NHL history, obviously. Now, if the Flyers won the Cup, can you imagine what they would have paid him? A lot. He's bad. Because after that, he was demoted to the AHL, and he was traded along with a third-round pick for Steve Mason. That's Dale actually Weiss. a good trade. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, right? Dale Weiss, 2016, four years, $9.4 million. That equates to 2.35 per. The years and the money, really, but more so the years on this one baffle me. For as smart as Hextall used to be early on, this makes no sense. Why would you sign a fourth-line guy for a four-year deal? And he's making over $2 million for the entire length of that contract. I'll I, never understand that one. I really had high hopes for Dale Weiss, too, when they first signed him. 
I'll oh. agree in the sense that I tried to stay positive. Like, okay, we're going to maybe let our guys bake a little bit longer. I've heard about him in Montreal, and he just was a complete shit show. And here, here's a real weird one because it's an almost. But the fact that we offered this is typical Holgram. In 2013, we offered uh, either third or fourth liner. He's probably fourth liner at this point in his career. You guys remember Dan Cleary? Yeah. Three years – $8.25 million, which is $2.75 per year and a no trade clause, which thankfully for us, we offered him a handshake deal. He did not show up to training camp, or he did not show He stopped showing up to training camp, I should say, and went back to Pit, uh, Detroit and had two shit seasons. Can you imagine paying a fourth-line player at the end of his career? I think he was 34 at this time. Almost $3 million back in 2013. Like, Absolute dog shit. Absolute dog shit. I don't even like Dan Cleary. I, I like Dan Cleary, too. No, he I just, didn't like him. Oh, I did like him. I mean, I liked him, too, but almost $3 million or $2.5 million? Like, shit. Uh, you know what I want to know real quick? Hmm. What, Kyle, what kind of high hopes did you have for Dale Weiss? I was just hoping... Well, I mean, I had... <laughs> Unfortunately, I had a couple of Montreal fans gaslighting the shit out of me, telling me how great he is and what a system player he is and yada, yada, yada. And it was the, it was certainly something I, I thought the team severely lacked was uh, a solid penalty killer and a solid system defensive player, especially at that time when they signed him. So I thought he was going to fill a hole and he came in here and he just made a bigger one. <laughs> mm. He was yeah, he's probably filling some holes. Yep. Yeah. Hack stalls. Oh. <laughs> All right. So of the uh, contracts I named, how would you guys like rank the top ones? Who's your by far worst contract? For me, it's Andrew McDonald, bar none. And then Briscoloff. I don't know. Chris Graham was pretty bad. I mean, I the think... only thing about that is there's no cap, so it wouldn't matter. You know? Yeah. It didn't really matter, but they yeah, did so build him up. Like, but if you break like it down, it's, like, it's ridiculous. Pay him more than Gretzky? <laughs> That's ridiculous. And I remember they really, really built him up, too. Like, when they got him, I'm like, Chris Grant, I never heard of this fucking guy. Yeah. But apparently yeah, he's supposed to be this is, huge thing. The other thing is you broke up the Legion of Doom for a third center. You already had Lindros and Brindamore. You broke up your top pairing. I mean, we didn't know what, what Renberg was going to become injury prone and whatnot. We don't know how bad he, he would have been without Leclerc and Lindros. But still, you broke that up for a third-line center who you eventually ended up playing out of position. Like, it just seems stupid. Yeah, I agree. I guess the Brzezgalov one's got to be top, right? Because are they still paying him? This would have been the last year. 2011, nine years. So unless they broke something else out and made it longer to pay him less over time, they might be. But listen, the way I think of that that thing, it, it, I understand it. Like, I don't understand the Dale Wee signing. I don't understand the Andrew McDonald signing. Yes, we need a defenseman, but you traded for the guy. You have ne- exclusive negotiating rights, and you paid him over market value. That makes no sense to well, me. Well, well over market value. Yeah. You had Antoine Strawman, who was actually a good defenseman, you know, in free agency, who the, your your division rivals in the Rangers scooped up. Unless, no, I'm sorry, he left the Rangers and went to Tampa. But nevertheless, he was very good with Tampa. He wasn't great, but he was very good. 
Andrew McDonald was never very good at anything. Uh, the big thing with him was blocking shots. Big fucking deal. With Brzezgalov, he was the best goalie on the market. Like, I can't blame them for having to pay what they did to get him. It was free agency. And it's goalie, which is a, a – you don't have a whole lot of options there. So while it's a very, very bad contract, I understand the thought process behind it. I don't get McDonald. I don't get um, Weiss. Cleary, I, I sure – not that money I don't get. You know, it's just – look, Javier, I kind of get it. Well, he's only 4.5 per year. The five years is ridiculous. And you, you got to figure if it was Holcomb, all those players had no trade clauses, which is ridiculous. Um, but, like, just <laughs> – I, don't, I can't put Riz number one over McDonald's for me. I just can't do it. I'm with Kyle on that one. It's just It was way, way too much money. Plus, you give up a second and a third round pick, which, Jim, you broke down what those who those teams took with those players, and that even stings more. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it's not like the Flyers really traded much for Brzezgalov. But that... well, they, they were forced to trade Bob, which I guess you could bring up, but... When your owner comes in and says, fix the goaltending problem, you don't have a choice. You got the, this guy on the market, which, to be honest, goalies of that caliber and that, at the time, that uh, resume, they don't hit the open market. And he comes in here and says, yeah, I need to see the shot. And your coach says, no, we block shots. It just was not meant to work. It really wasn't. Yeah, and it just looked bad. What did it, it didn't even last two years, didn't it? It lasted like a year and a half, something like that. Sounds right. That's not, that sounds right. So it was like a total, just a waste. But his then his cap came off the book, though. So as bad as it was... Lucky for us, there was a buyout. Right. The, uh, the compliance buyout. So I guess, as, whereas McDonald, like he was he was in the box a lot last year. He was watching games a lot more than he played, I think. And he was still making five, five million bucks. To be honest, he wasn't in the box enough. Like yeah, I mean, true. he came in if, when we traded for him. He was okay. He got his big deal, and it was all downhill from there. He did get sent to the uh, the Phantoms like his second year in, and I loved Hextall for that. And McDonald was all crying about it, like, "Oh, I've never been sent down before." Well, we'll fucking start playing some hockey. This Snow Angel shit ain't working, you know. And you know, then Hextall came in and just always played him. Like, if he had a penalty shot at the end of in overtime, he would put McDonald to have to take the shot. Like, that's how ridiculous it got. And he just, it, we felt every year of that contract, every single year we felt it because we wanted that money for other things when other players playing. And I didn't want anybody to learn from the guy. And it just, Briskolov was here and he was gone. We felt every friggin' year of Andrew McDonald. And we're going to feel it again next year because they bought him out and we still got to pay him next year. Are they paying him next year? Yeah, I, who are they paying this year, Gudis? Gudis is only this year. Slemko is only this year. No, Slemko's next year too, dude. Okay, so but it's not nearly as much. But he's, no, I think he's, slim. I think he's right. Yeah, we broke this down in the off season, but there is a, but I know for a fact that they are paying McDonald, and I think they're paying him more next year than they are this year. I think yeah, but that's not by right. much. I think it's like almost two million next year. Yeah, so it's, it's like five hundred k more or something like that. But like. It's just aggravating. It's like he's still he signed the guy in 2014, and we're still paying him. Like, and he's brought literally nothing. I think he's been if it, we broke it down into baseball stats of WAR, he's a minus player. Like he's a minus eight, five games. Like having him on your roster, you get five losses. Like he's just that bad, that bad. But he's a nice guy. 
<laughs> I like when Jack gets going about McDonald. So, yeah, so yeah, Flyers have definitely had their fair share of bad contracts. Some people will say Mark Streit. I think it's a little unfair. I even saw Pronger on the list. That's ridiculous. The guy got hurt. What do you want? Matt Reed was on the list. He uh, was a little iffy at the end of his, his um, contract. I'm not going to kill him for that. It's not like you really paid him that much. But do uh, you guys think of anybody I left out? No, the first guys that came to mind for me were Br- uh, Briz and McDonald. I thought that Dan Cleary one was interesting. It just showed you how ridiculous they were with handing out contracts and no trade clauses. How do you guys feel about if Shea Weber did not get matched and he came here? Hmm. That's a very good question because you got it's not just the money. We'd be giving up four first-round picks. And at the time, I remember them discussing – remember how I told you we traded uh, – or we signed – Chris Gratton, and we made that good faith trade that sent Dykehouse and Renberg to the uh, Lightning. Yeah, we were supposed to do so. I had heard rumors we were going to do something similar with Nashville, and the names involved that I kept hearing were Shannon Couturier and even Voracek. Now, yeah, if, if we got rid of Voracek, maybe some of you were okay with that, but can you imagine having Couturier go in that deal? Like, that would be fucking terrible. It would and guarantee I- Nashville a cup. <laughs> Weber would have been exactly what we need, considering he had just lost Pronger. We would have gotten more of his prime years. And I actually don't think he's that bad, uh, considering the money, because he's good. He's just how good at what he's making. He's still pretty dominant. Right. And it's But it's a lot of money. It's a, he's, he's in the eights, isn't he? Eight million? You would, have lost, you would have lost all those first-round picks. So you would have lost, I so believe, little, Proveroff would have been lumped in on that. Yep, definitely. You, you would have lost, oh, shit. I don't know if he'd have lost connecting because I don't know how that works because we've probably that pick. But I, then I again, are you well? Are you trading Goburn at that point when you're when you have Weber? Like so, it's really unsure. But when would that tr- deal? What was that? 2013 or 14? 13, I think. So you got 14, which is Samhain, 15, which is Proveroff, 16, which is Rubstoff, and 17, which would have been Frost. And no, I'm sorry, it would have been Patrick. Jesus, Frost was a uh, Blues pick. Why? Yeah, well, so that's I don't know. That's 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 tough. I guess in the end of the day, I'm really glad it didn't happen because we just didn't have the rest of the horses to, to make it work. Do um we have more to talk about? Because I don't have any more topics here. That's it, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one, Kyle? Say yes out loud. No. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna wrap up, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week with a new one. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Have a safe 4th of July weekend. And we'll talk soon. Top 80, baby. Jelly beans. What's top 80? Oh, the show. God. (laughs) (laughs) You've been telling us that for weeks. I forgot. Hey, Jim. What? Jim Drake. Well, that's now the closing of the episode. Good yeah. Okay, I will. You like that one, huh? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hey, Jen. What? Did you too? Jimbo. That's it, Jimbo. <laughs> Let's
Yeah!